for this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now, this verse always strikes me because of the nonchalance that St. Paul has toward his sufferings. Later on, uh, in that same second letter of his to the Corinthians, he goes into what he has endured. Five times, he writes, I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I passed a night and a day on the deep, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own race, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers among false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, through hunger and thirst, through frequent fastings, through cold and exposure. And all these, Paul, are momentary light afflictions? Really? I think I have to conclude that either St. Paul was completely out of his mind, or he had some sort of perspective that was born from and fostered by his deep conversion to Christ. That somehow these sufferings he endured were redemptive. With the mind that St. Paul was onto something valuable and perhaps indispensable for faith, we're going to explore redemptive suffering on the show today. Guiding us through is our spiritual director, back with us, Father Marcel Tyone. Father Tyone is the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome back to the show, Father. Yeah, great to have you. Thanks, thanks for having me, and also thanks for... Uh... For this topic that I think affects every single human being and Christian. So it's a great show today to have this talk about, I think. How do we even see the will of God in the midst of suffering? Well, I do think it's the one thing, among many things, or probably one of the greatest distinctions in Friends of Jesus and Christians and Catholics particularly is uh, the cross, right? So when we look at a crucifix, at a cross, we understand the Mass, um, it's really... Christ came into the world and redeemed the world, we believe. So when the, when the world was made, biblical understanding, there was no suffering, no death. The Garden of Eden, God makes all of creation. Everything is good. He says it's good. And then, of course, in free will, uh, original sin comes into the world, and with it comes suffering and death. And God, in his goodness and his kindness and his nature to love, willfully, freely sends Christ, his only Son, to die on the cross and to redeem us. And how is that accomplished? That's accomplished by an act of great suffering, a great offering, a great sacrificial self-giving. So the Christian faith has not only an answer to the problem of suffering, but an innate infused relationship because of the cross of Christ. So anyone that believes that Jesus is God and recognizes how we've been redeemed automatically has an insight into God sharing in our suffering, taking our sins upon himself. So the symbol of the cross is the symbol of redemptive suffering. And so it changes everything, uh, hopefully for the friend of Jesus, the believer, that our own experience of suffering, when united to Christ, we use that expression oftentimes, we unite our sufferings to Christ, we join in Christ's redeeming act uh, by redeeming others and atoning for our sins and uniting ourselves to the cross of Christ. So Every human being, you said it just a minute ago, every human being suffers. We all suffer. Everyone will certainly suffer in life. We hopefully, everyone experiences love. But one of the things for certain we know is that everyone experiences suffering and also knows many people, every other person we have in relationship with will also experience suffering, suffering of the body, 
uh, suffering, emotional suffering. We could even say sometimes spiritual suffering if there's not a strong prayer life or aridity in prayer. And sometimes suffering can sort of bring that on a lack of what we call consolation when praying, which is another maybe form of kind of suffering there. So there's all these different layers and kinds of suffering. It's a universal human experience. And of course, Christ Jesus and the Catholic faith have the answer, the solution, and the way to journey through suffering is with Christ and in Christ. We say at Mass, right, we hold up the host through him, with him, in him, in our suffering, through Christ, in Christ, in our suffering, with Christ, in our suffering, we too can be transformed and redeemed. So it's, uh, again, uh, I think sometimes we don't think about suffering in relationship to God. We ask God to alleviate it or fix something, but we might not sort of more philosophically and spiritually ponder the whole reality that you're talking about, inviting us all to talk about and think about in these next minutes. So I think it's, uh, again, it's such an important part of our faith life and our human experience, too. Well, as pervasive as suffering is throughout the human experience, as you were just saying, Father, I think one of the things that often accompanies it, even with people who wouldn't necessarily consider themselves religious or theistic, when I'm experiencing suffering, I'm guessing when others are experiencing suffering, one of the first responses is, why? Why? And then it's usually directed toward some sort of higher power for us as Catholics. You know, why, God? Why? Why am I undergoing this? Mm And uh, maybe just a, a word of advice, too, from you, Father, about, well, is that a proper response? Or what, what is the best thing to do when we find ourselves in a position of suffering? How can we acknowledge God's presence in a faithful way? Right. Uh, great question. And I think we've all been there. My guess is almost everyone's been in that position. We feel like we're on the cross. And, and we think of Jesus on the cross, right, those some of his last words Uh, We hear him cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's his experience at that moment. And then, of course, in his divinity, right, we hear Christ also say in his humanity and divinity, two natures, one person. He says, into your hands, a father, I commend my spirit. He knows the father loves him, that the father's pouring out to him on the cross. And Christ is freely obedient at that moment. But I thanks be to God, St. Matthew uh, has recorded for us, and others in the Gospels have recorded those those final, if you will, those crying out that we all can do at certain times in our life. So praise God. We know that Jesus suffered with suffering, and not just physical suffering, but that mental suffering and all of that, that that he went through that we only have a tiny bit recorded in the Scriptures, but we can only imagine in his divinity, he knew everyone's sins at that moment, and we just try to reflect on that. It's extraordinary uh, that God chose to suffer. He chose to redeem us by suffering. I always think that he could have saved us any way he wanted, but he chose this way. Again, so we, we, we draw closer to God in our suffering. I do think, you know, I'd point out my own life and other people's lives, like I find, I think it's Fulton Sheen that said, suffering unleashes love. I know many saints have said that. Suffering unleashes love, and isn't that true? When we go through grief or a difficulty, oftentimes spiritual friendships grow from that. A faith life can be born in that and reborn again and reverts, come back to faith. So suffering sort of sometimes can can make someone leave God, as you mentioned in, in just a little bit ago. But it can also have someone discover the cross and discover God's closeness to us in suffering. So that's why a show like this is great, because we're all going to need what we're talking about during this program in life. It'll help us 
if we, especially if you're not suffering something greatly right now, it's a good time to even reflect on redemptive suffering and what it really means and who Christ is. And and so that when it does come, because it will come, we all have our stations of the cross in our lives, in our hearts, in our families, and sometimes in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, things happen, even in our country, in our world. We know that, but the Lord is so kind. His, his nature is his self-giving love, and that pours out of the cross. And again, I, I think we see in Jesus on the cross those those both experiences of why have you forsaken me and into your hands, Father, like I know you love me. I want to accomplish your will. And at this moment, I give myself to you for everyone, for all of humanity, for each person in my mind and heart. And it's a, it's a powerful thing. And Good Friday reveals everything about the nature of God, but it also reveals how, how close God is to us. And might I say, even and especially in suffering, Christ, Christ draws near and, and we can also discover who Christ is more when we suffer, especially innocent suffering, quote-unquote. We're, we're all sinners, but those kind of things that are extra hard to understand, circumstances where someone someone young dies or can go down a list of a hundred things that we would say, oh my gosh, where where is God? How can God do this? And of course, God's redeemed. I mean, he doesn't inflict evil upon us. He doesn't He's not trying to break us. That's not the nature of God. Jesus doesn't want to try to break us. Uh, he wants to heal us, reveal himself to us, and share with us in our sufferings as we share ours with him. So it's not a, uh, be good to be careful. We're not uh, thinking God's trying to, like it's all about a test and see how hard we can not break. Uh, that that wouldn't be the nature of love, actually. So we have to be careful. We feel that way sometimes, and it's okay to tell God that. He can... Yeah. He wants to know the truth, how we feel, but we have to just be careful not to kind of go down that cul-de-sac and not be able to get back up if we maybe miss some of these basic points, I think, that are a temptation for all of us. Father, this topic is always uh, intriguing to me when it comes up in discussions, when I'm reading about it, that sort of thing. And perhaps it's just that there are some really admirable attitudes towards suffering out there, uh, not just in our Lord, of course, as, as the prime example, as you've already shared, but also amongst the saints as well, that uh, you see an attitude, uh, perhaps, for example, in the Office of Readings for today, in the Sanctoral Reading, we were reading from Ignatius of Antioch's letter to the Romans saying, no, don't try to dissuade my upcoming martyrdom, you know, let me show that I am truly mm. Christ." And then, uh, again, from St. Paul, as I started the show with um, as well, and, and so many others throughout the history of the Church. What I would love to hear from you, Father, is ways to increase that attitude, because try as I might, even when I'm undergoing something really, really small, I still have this reaction of either anger or frustration or sadness or rather than just thinking, what's the richness here? What is going on in my spiritual life? How will this help me draw closer to God, and how might this be used in accordance with Christ's suffering? Many, many of the saints, they stayed faithful to the end, and many of them, the last innings of their life, were the hardest. You know, you think of Giorgio Frassati, you know, even John Paul II, the last, you know, months of his life with his great Parkinson's, his illness, his groaning at the window. I still remember all these images of him. He wrote Salvati Dolores, a, a short letter in 1984 on redemptive suffering. If you've never read it, it's an easy read. But John Paul himself, I think, imagine he had all his interior sufferings in his priesthood, in communism, in losing his parents at a young age. Um, his parents died, you know, 
so young, his mother really little, and his dad when he was about high school age, I believe, and and all of those sufferings throughout his life formed him into the Christian, and later on the priest and the Holy Father that he was, and thanks be to God, he's a saint declared by the church, but he wrote that beautiful letter on redemptive suffering, which changed my life. It's one of the reasons it's one of my favorite topics. I read that in seminary, and I didn't know it existed till then, and again, it's 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 a good read. Some of John Paul's writings are so mystical and so deep, they're hard to understand, but the one the one on suffering, it's really talks about the Good Samaritan, and it's a very a very good read. So if you want to follow up something from this program, I would just find that. It's called Salvage Dolores on Redemptive Suffering, but we think of John Paul's life the end of his life, like just, you know, having to trust God and surrender his body and his emotional life, his soul to Christ and unite that. And he did to the very end. And I think he's a modern example of what we're talking about, how to do it. And sometimes, uh, you know, again, I think we all have, quote unquote, uncanonized saints in our families, people that live this life of faith uh, hidden to the world. Maybe they're in a nursing home or maybe one of our relatives lives alone. They're widow or widowers or a good friend. And they're living a life of faith in their widowhood, their widowerhood, and, you know, that happens. People that are, you know, going through so many things, these they're just inspiring. And I think trying to think of people that are good examples of this can help us, and we shouldn't be intimidated, but inspired. So many saints, uh, Therese Lisieux, you know, she suffered many things. Think about her life, her journey. That There's just so much St. Francis. He's, we can go down the list. Every saint stayed faithful, and they're suffering seems to be a large portion of where they were sanctified, not in the easy parts of their life. So I think that's that's good to recall as well when we're talking about this. Drianne has called in from California. Drianne, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yes, this topic is just near and dear to my heart. I suffered from Lyme disease that was undiagnosed for 15 years. It got me to the point of depression to where my prayers were, please, Heavenly Father, take me. I don't want to be here anymore. One day I was driving in my car, and it was right after Mother Angelica had passed away, and I was flipping radio stations and couldn't find any station, and I found this station. And for whatever reason, everything was about suffering at that time, and I just learned so much. And for everyone that's out there that is suffering, if I could just tell you one thing, it's like the Catholic faith, when it comes to suffering, there's just so much and so many resources and so many books and We are just so rich in the teachings on suffering, and it's so powerful. And I learned to see my suffering as a gift, and there were times where I was so sick that I couldn't even get out of bed, and I could just pray, and I realized I could just, my gift was I was just praying for people, so I, you know, I was doing that a lot. But the biggest part about that whole thing is, is letting it go and giving it all to God and fully just letting God take control and turn to prayer and turn to all those wonderful resources that our faith has. And I tell everyone, even if, especially like my kids and young people, it's like, you will suffer in this life. You're not going to get out without suffering. So prepare now. Know your faith now. Know where to turn and be prepared because it is going to happen. So just know where to turn so that you're not like I was. And I, I was very lost and very empty. And had it not been for this station, I don't know what direction that I don't know where I would be today, but we have to prepare for it in advance. And now God has just used me in so many different ways. And I have been able to help other people who find themselves in suffering and I've led them in their journey back to God. Wonderful. One of the things that Drianne's call reminds me of father is maybe how our blessed mother can help us in the midst of suffering as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's received 
receive grace through redemptive suffering. She's come to realize that. And, and a program like this caught her, right, and gave her a help. And Mary's always that everyone needs a mom, right? We all need a mom when we suffer. We Most of us who have healthy moms and good people, Mary, Jesus gave us his mother when he was suffering the most. At the moment of the greatest sacrifice and the greatest suffering, he gave us his mother. So Mary is your mother, and she loves you. And so run to Mary in suffering. I think Our Lady of Sorrows, Our Lady of Joy, Our Lady of Consolation, run to Mary and she'll hold us, she'll hold you and, and hold your heart, your soul and your fears and all these things close to her. So she's one of the greatest gifts that I think uh, our caller was talking about. <laughs> 